Welcome to this edition of DCS Talks, a podcast production of the Tennessee Department of Children's Services. The intention of DCS Talks is to promote dialogue among child welfare professionals, foster parents, and the entire community about ways to prevent child abuse and neglect. I'm Serena Wilson, a training manager at DCS, and I'm your host for this edition. In recognition of Domestic Violence Awareness Month, we're interviewing DCS case manager, Zanetta Williamson, and two domestic violence liaisons, Valerie Conley and Elizabeth Vickers. Domestic violence is a social problem that affects families from all walks of life. Many families experience domestic violence also come to the attention of the child welfare system. Our guests today are on the front lines of those experiences where domestic violence intersects with child welfare, and we have asked them to share information about their work and experiences today. Thank you all so much for your service, the work you do, and welcome to DCS Talk. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we first want to introduce Zanetta Williamson. She works in Child Protective Services in Jackson, Tennessee. Zanetta, tell us more about your role with DCS and how long you've been with the department. I've been working with the Department of Children's Services for 17 years. Starting in February 2003, I enjoy really working with different families and the children, making sure that they have the needs met. I also enjoy working with just the different people that we come in contact with as far as our service providers and making sure that we're teaming for the safety and permanency of our children as far as their well-being. I also enjoy working with, you know, our supervisors, our our upper supervisors that have sure that we are accommodated with everything we need to make sure that our families are safe and receive everything that they are needing in the department. Thanks so much, Zanetta. I would like to hear from Valerie. Tell us about your organization and your role, Valerie. Thank you so much, Serena, for this opportunity. I am employed by RAP, Women's Resource and Rape Assistance Program. We are a dual domestic violence sexual assault agency located in Jackson, Tennessee. We serve 19 counties in West Tennessee. I have been working with the agency since 2014. I started out as a safe home coordinator for one of our shelters, safe homes, and I came into this particular program in December of 2018, and I must say it is just so exciting to be able to partner with DCS and really just bridge that gap that has been there as far as child welfare cases that also involve domestic violence. I am the program liaison for the program in RAP, Madison County. We were the pilot of this program. And since that time, other liaisons have been added, Elizabeth being one of the first. And it's an awesome program. We are here available for the caseworkers who are in areas that we serve. And I am just, I'm really excited about it. And I want everyone else to be really excited about it as well, because we have such a great opportunity to make a difference in the lives of the families that we serve. Absolutely. Thank you for your enthusiasm. There is so much wonderful work happening at the department through the liaison program, and we are going to learn more about that. Right now, I want to learn about Elizabeth Vickers, who is also a domestic violence liaison, a counterpart to Valerie in East Tennessee. Welcome to the podcast, Elizabeth. Tell us about yourself. Thank you. I'm Elizabeth Vickers. I work for YWCA Knoxville in the Tennessee Valley. I 
serve Anderson, Roan, and Loudoun County. I really enjoy this partnership. We work together with case managers where domestic violence is suspected in the home, and we work together to keep children with their non-offending parent, and it's a very good support system that we offer to the case managers. We offer a lot of training to, to DCS and case managers as well, and we work through the Safe and Together model, keep families safe together with the non-offending parent. Our agency as a whole is a domestic violence agency. We also have some youth programming, and we have a Freedom Inside program, which is a reentry program for women in, that are incarcerated. But I work with the Victim Advocacy Program, and we have a team of eight advocates. We have culturally specific advocates for African-American population immigrants and refugees, as well as Hispanic population. We really work hard to serve our region to bring domestic violence services to the people who need them and to get them back on their feet again and, and working towards self-sufficiency. Wow, that sounds like important and incredible work, and we're glad we have a partnership with you and your organization. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you. So, I know, Zanetta and Valerie, that you have worked together on occasion, and I know that Valerie has worked with other people in your office. Can you tell me what that work is like for you all when you receive a case and you understand that there is domestic violence going on? What do you and your colleagues do to access the services that Valerie offers in her organization with RAP? We have a, uh, a process which the person, which we call the referent, uh, feels that there are concerns. Once we receive our referral and if there are allegations or concerns of domestic abuse, or violence, even history of violence that have taken place with, with family. That's when we would contact Ms. Valerie, who was the advocate, our uh, DCS advocate for domestic violence with RAP. Like in my situation working with Ms. Valerie, I would call her on the phone and say, hey, Ms. Valerie, um, I received a referral, just wanted to let you know. And then she was like, well, just email me a copy of the referral. She'll go over it. And then we would come back together and then we would collaborate on making the day of which day that we would probably go out and meet the family. So it all depends on the priority of the case and when the, the response date is due. And then I will let Miss Valerie know, like, hey, I got to go out, you know, by, let's say, Monday. And then we would see if like Monday morning would be fine. And then we would contact the family and kind of give them the information that we received the referral and that Miss Valerie and I will be coming out. Just give them the introduction where they feel comfortable in speaking with us. And I would let them know about the concerns and then why Miss Valerie will be coming with me on the case. And then Miss Valerie would, would go together and talk with the family and assess the allegations and kind of see what services are needed for the family. That sounds like it would be a great support to have Valerie, you can kind of go in and you're really building that family team. Correct. And you have two people coming in together. And once you kind of explain to the family, my role as DCS or CPS, you know, they're looking at us as if we're there to maybe remove the children. This Miss Valerie and kind of let them know that Miss Valerie is the advocate for them and that she's there to, to listen to their story and to make sure that they 
they have that support there. Let them know that DCS is also there to help as well, but to let them know that no one's there to to point the finger or to say that mom was wrong or dad was wrong or the child was wrong for whatever happened in the in the allegations, but to just let them know that Miss Valerie's there to make sure that she understands what's going on and that she's able to point them in the right direction, you know, which services will fit that scenario or or that family because different families have different issues that go on. Domestic violence is just not physical. It's emotional. It's sexual. It goes on into longevity. It could could have been going on for years and years and years. And now that DCS has been involved, that we're able to kind of be a part of that family now where we're able to be that support system for them as well as Miss Valerie. Just knowing that teaming with Miss Valerie has been uh, wonderful and they don't look at DCS as the, the bad person anymore. It's like, you know, they ask, well, where's Miss Valerie? Or I'd rather talk to Miss Valerie than you. And I was like, okay, well, if you have Miss Valerie's number, then feel comfortable with Miss Valerie. Then you call her and then Miss Valerie would also contact me and let me know that she's spoken with the family and if there is any concerns that DCS needed to know about, then she would contact me and let me know. I think you bring up such a great point that domestic violence may be going on for a long time and it includes so many different components, like you said, like intimidation and it may be sexual and it may be violence and all these different things. And what Valerie and RAP services have to offer as a domestic violence liaison is a deep understanding of those dynamics and she's able to understand and hear that family voice through that lens. So Valerie? Hi Sarita, thank you for giving me this opportunity to to really share the program. Um, As a liaison who is co-located between uh, RAP office and the DCS office, what I really try to do when I'm working with caseworkers and I'm going into the home with them or in this time of COVID over the phone or via uh, video sessions. It's just let um, the participant, because that's what we call them at RAP participants, just let them know that my role is to be there as a support and an advocate for them. I always try to make sure that the distinction is made that the caseworker is the caseworker, but I am there to make sure that the participant feels comfortable, that if there's anything that she needs to share or he needs to share that they may not feel comfortable saying with the caseworker at that moment that they're able to talk to me. I have worked with uh, many of the caseworkers and I can say that they have all been very gracious, willing to give me the opportunity to talk privately with the person and that they have always shown respect for whatever it is that I may suggest or whatever it is I want to share. My role in the whole process is to be that domestic violence expert where I'm able to help the case managers see if there are any coercive controlling behaviors in the relationship as that is what we look for when we're talking about domestic violence, you know, really separating out coercive controlling behaviors from say couples violence and arguments, those sorts of situations. And if there are coercive controlling behaviors, making sure that based on the uh, 
survivor's willingness that she's able to connect to RAP services. And we offer a wide range of services. And when it comes to domestic violence, we have counseling, we have safe homes, we have a housing program where we're able, if she wants to leave or he wants to leave that situation, we're able to help them move on with their life. We connect them to other resources that they may need in the community. So we are the place where they can come so that they can begin their process of healing, learning about what a healthy relationship is, and also at the same time, making sure that they're able to comfortably work with DCS and helping them to understand that the, the mission and goal of DCS is not to take away their children from them, but just to make sure that the family is, is safe and healthy and that it's a good environment for the children. Thank you for saying that. I think Zanetta brought up there's this sort of idea about DCS and being the bad guys and truly to reduce trauma with children, we want to keep families together. And I know that we all partner together, Zanetta as a case manager and Valerie as a domestic violence liaison to find ways for families to stay together as long as they're together safely. And I think it's really um, such a great partnership because Valerie's able to be there for a caretaker who has experienced violence. And Zanetta is also there for the family who has experienced violence, but her primary concern is the safety of the child and partnering together, keeping families together and keeping them together safely is our ultimate ultimate goal. Valerie, you were you mentioned the word coercive control. And for our listeners, could you give a few examples of what coercive control is? Yes, Sarita. So when we think about coercive control, we're talking about the patterns and the behaviors in which the perpetrator of domestic violence um, is using against the survivor. And it can include intimidation. It can in- include sexual abuse, as Zanetta has already discussed. It can include using the children as a pawn to keep that person in that relationship. So coercive controlling behaviors, they cover a wide spectrum of different behaviors, but the main purpose of it is to maintain power and control over that person. And the one thing that I do is I offer training to DCS. And in that training, I really go forth to discuss what those coercive controlling behaviors look like, because I feel that it's very important that workers, as we do come together to work with the families, that we're not just dealing with whatever the current allegation may be, but that we're really trying to to see within that family what has been the past dynamics of the relationship. Course of controlling behaviors are not something that just start at that time, but they've always been there in that relationship in some way for the purpose of power and control. I know that in our work, Zanetta, at DCS and and yours too, Valerie, we often intersect and we work with law enforcement and the court system. Zanetta, have you had experience with cases where the legal system was involved? Maybe the the perpetrator was placed in in jail and had to go to court? I have had several experiences with several cases that the victim and 
and the perpetrator were both involved in the legal part of it as well as the perpetrator having to go to being incarcerated and having to go to court. We really didn't have to be involved in that process, but once we engaged with the family and understand that we were there just to make sure that they did have support or just to kind of let us know the next court date and kind of follow up of how everything goes to reach out to Miss Valerie or RAP or if they have a counselor that they're able to contact, you know, if they're needing that support. That's really amazing that RAP Services and Valerie are able to support a family through that court experience. Going to court can be very frightening and complicated for a survivor. Valerie, it's my understanding, do you actually go to court if, if that's a support for a survivor at times? So RAP offers court accompaniment. That's one of our services. When I get a referral from, from DCS and the participant is willing to work with RAP and wants the services, what I do is I assign them or work with one of their supervisors to make sure that they have an advocate at RAP that works very closely with them, that offers those, those direct services. And if that particular person does have court coming up that is relevant to the domestic violence case, then yes, a RAP advocate will go to court with them in that regard. We also make sure that if they need legal assistance through West Tennessee Legal Services, that we're able to make that referral. And we also have a really good working relationship with the DA's office. So we're able to just make sure that the, the person is comfortable within that case and has the opportunity to make sure that their voice is heard. As far as, as the liaison, I have attended court when with case managers when they were working a case that did go through the court, juvenile court. And I have been asked if the person was having, receiving RAP services. And there have been times where the judge has highly recommended that they receive RAP services. So it is that community partnership where we're all working together to make sure that that family and the children, as well as the victim of domestic violence is in a healthy, safe place. I really love that work and that teaming and the fact that you're able to work with that survivor and go to court and provide services. We do all of this respecting the confidentiality rights of our participants. They sign off and give us permission. So RAP has the confidentiality form for their agency, for our agency, and DCS has one. And we just make sure that when we're working together, that we are making sure that the survivor is wanting the information to be able to be crossed between the two agencies. And I can honestly say that I haven't had any problems with that. And it's all of us working to make sure, even the, the parent, working to make sure that the children are safe and are able to remain with that non-offending parent or caregiver. I know me as a caseworker going in and having to interview the child in private to kind of see what their viewpoint is or what they saw or if they're even willing to talk about it. You know, you have to give them time to either engage with them to let them know that they don't have to talk about it right now, but I will be back within two weeks. You know, if there's anything else that you want to tell me or if not, Miss Valerie is here for if you feel comfortable speaking with her, the, the advocate that 
they appoint. But some kids may need that counseling session and it might take them a while to even admit that they need it because it's their parents or it's someone close that they know and they might not want to feel like that they're telling on the other person or when I'm dealing with our victims or our children that we have to just have to learn how to be sympathetic and empathetic and not judgmental when we're trying to talk with our children and how they may react to us coming in and asking them questions about what they observe, asking them questions that they might not even know the answer to because they might not have seen it and they might not even know that it's going on. So you have to, you know, just kind of learn how to to understand or to use the correct approach Mm. with the children. And I can highlight that too by saying that one of the things that that RAP and, and most domestic violence agencies really focus on and that I see DCS also holding up as being very important is recognizing trauma and being trauma informed. And the case managers that I have worked with have really shown themselves to be trauma informed, very sensitive to what the children have been through as well as what the survivor has been through. And just making sure that we are parsing our words in ways that are not re-traumatizing them. And also when it comes to the survivor, that we are not just putting all the responsibility of that household and what happened upon her, because we realized that she was not the cause of the situation, but it was the perpetrator of the abuse. So we always want to have those conversations. I do. I I always want to have those conversations with case managers about how the trauma, the situation, the violence in the home affects not just the survivor, the person who who is being abused, but also how it affects the children, even if the children are not necessarily aware of it or have not been a victim of it, they're still living within that household. The course of controlling behaviors of the perpetrator are having an effect on the mother, which is then going to have an effect on the children. And we have to have that mindset of understanding that in those sorts of situations, a lot of times children feel like they have to choose a side or they're just afraid. And how do we address that and how do we we talk with them and also how do we partner with the uh, um, non-offending parent to get her to a place where she is willing to work with us to to bring forth that better environment for the children when we're talking about trauma who has the the person who has the most power to bring that healing and that resiliency to the children is the mother helping her to see her role not just with the perpetrator but also with the children is going to strengthen the family. Thank you both for making those really important points about hearing the family story. And that goes to hearing from all members of the family and understanding how these dynamics of domestic violence really impact children and survivors, the entire family system. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's just such a good experience for our families to have this team around them that you are building with a DCS case manager and an advocate to go through that experience 
experience for the family because it's a very trying experience when there is violence in the home. So Elizabeth, I know that you've had these experiences as well, but I'd like for you to tell us about your work as domestic violence liaison and about that domestic liaison program that is developing with Department of Children's Services and agencies like yours and Valerie's. Yes, this is a very good program. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited that it's expanding across the state. We do. We partner with case managers and we go out with them. I've had multiple cases that just like Valerie and Zanetta that I've gone out with the case manager because domestic violence was suspected in the home and we've gotten services in place for the victim as well as very similar outcomes they referred to. But I've also had cases I've become kind of the in-house expert per se on domestic violence and so case managers now will call me if they have a case that initially was not domestic violence and there's not, not a history of it. And that just comes from training that I have offered to case managers that they know kind of what to look for. Our agency has so many different programs that we can refer to mm-hmm. within us, but then we also have our community partners that we also refer clients to. And another, for example, something DCS might not have is we have relationships with veterinarian offices. So if a family does not want to leave and go to shelter because of a pet, we have resources to that so that they don't have to leave their pet behind. And that's something that uh-huh. we I love that. Yeah, that's something that that's so great. Different. Yeah, many, many, many victims will not leave if they can't take their pets out too. That's a very common issue that we, that's a barrier that we encounter a lot with getting victims to, to move out, leave an abusive situation. They, they don't want to leave their pet. But that's just one example of just a different resource that we bring to the table that DCS may or may not have. So we bring a different dynamic to case planning and case management. I, I've never thought about that with the pets, but it does make a lot of sense because it's an attachment, it's a connection, and our pets are really important to us. So I like hearing that. And about all the different options in terms of there's a safe house that it meets an immediate need when things are happening, and then transitional living, which connects folks to job opportunities, affordable housing, any other social networks that they may need. Are those types of services and throughout most of Tennessee? I think most domestic violence agencies, if they do not have a shelter, they have access to shelter immediately. And there are lots of different resources across the state that each agency has resources they can look out to. And then we also, I mean, just for example, Safe House, that's not our Safe House. That's another community partner that we work with. So we just we just have a lot of relations that we can bring to the table and help these victims as they rebuild their lives and their children too. Elizabeth, if our listeners would like to know more information, is there a contact or an email that we could provide to put people in touch with services in their area? The best way is to reach out to the Tennessee Coalition to End Domestic and Sexual Violence. They have a tool on their website that will do with any resources domestic violence resources in your area. That website is www.tncoalition.org, or you can call them at 1-800-289-9018. And that's the best, most 
centralized way find the domestic violence resources in, in their area. But you can always reach out to agencies and to the liaison. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that information. Uh, Valerie, Zanetta, thank you both so much for sharing that experience that you had together. I really appreciate all your work and I appreciate you being with us today. We want to tell you a little bit about some of the activities that we have planned in honor of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. We have our up-and-coming podcaster, Shanika Morgan. She is a training manager at Department of Children's Services, and she's going to give us an overview of some of the activities that we're having during Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Hi, Serena. Thank you for having me on. DCS will be providing information regarding domestic violence through the use of social media outlets the entire month of October. I would like to highlight October 6th, in which DCS will host a community-wide webinar facilitated by Valerie and Elizabeth that provides information about basic definition of domestic violence, the power of control will, and a discussion of coercive behavior. On October 15th, we honor victims and support survivors of domestic violence by wearing purple symbolizes survival, courage, and peace. Therefore, we encourage our listeners to wear purple. On October 16th, Safe and Together online courses will be made available. So we have a lot of information and resources that can be provided to victims as well as support staff during this month. We do, and as a department, we want to be very involved in domestic violence awareness. We really appreciate the work our liaisons are doing and the work that our case managers like Zanetta is doing to serve children and families and to keep families together and reach that goal of permanency. Zanetta, Valerie, yes. Elizabeth, thank you all so much for being here today. Thank you, Serena, thank you. for having us here and letting us just talk yes. about our program and just how we can partner together to serve our families. Thank you. Yes, like Valerie said, we are a team, we partner, and it's, this is a great program, and we do appreciate you having us here today. I want to say thank you as well. It's been a, a joyous occasion just being able to learn more about the domestic violence awareness and being able to work and team with other agencies and making sure that our families have a advocate in a program that they feel safe that they are able to communicate from and have someone there to support them as well. Yeah, you're all doing great and very important work and I thank you for the work you're doing. So thank you listener for joining us for this edition of DCS Talks. Please come again and hear other subject matter experts like Zanetta, Valerie, and Elizabeth discuss ways to advocate for children and continue to build